RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are thrilled to death to have you back here again to listen to this thing we call a podcast. Going to get right to our guest in just a moment because it's a fascinating conversation. About once every six to eight months, I'd love to have Glenn Gilberti, the Disco Inferno, on. He really has a unique take on professional wrestling. He's not afraid to say what a lot of people don't want to say because of politically correctness. Uh, you'll listen to the interview. He even made me a little bit uncomfortable a few times, uh, you know, on which direction he was going. But that's refreshing. And whether you agree with him or you don't agree with him, it's his take. And he has, you know, 30 plus years in the business. And, and it's always fascinating to hear. You know, we haven't had him on since the Monday night, the Monday night war, since the Wednesday night war started. So thought we'd get his take on that, on his take on AEW and the business in general. Hey, before we get to uh, Disco, want to uh, congratulate AEW for their extension with uh, T- they may end up on TNT longer than Nitro was, which would piss me off. No, I'll be I'll be happy for him. I think three year with a, a fourth year option. I think Meltzer said 175 million dollars. So I'm sure if that's true, I'm sure um, I'm sure the old man is happy with that because obviously they put up some money to make this happen. So congratulations to them. And of course, last week on the podcast, I talked in depth about live tweeting my thoughts on the wrestling business and the show during dynamite each week and of course this week i was stuck in a, a meeting till nine fifteen, so i didn't get to do that so we just got the numbers in you will uh obviously know this by the time you listen to this when it drops on monday next week aew dynamite nine hundred and forty thousand viewers down point seven oh point seven percent fifth place in the demo WWE NXT, 700,000 viewers, down 2.9%, 31st place in the demo. Interesting. Um, it looks like they're kind of have settled into, you know, pretty close, but 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 AEW with a couple more hundred thousand viewers, and I'm sure that can't please the folks in Orlando or Stanford, as I said last week. You know, I don't know what they're going to do, especially now, you know, if you're going to counter program, I was thinking about this, you're going to counter program somebody because you're trying to keep them out of the business. If we're being blunt, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, to keep a, a formidable uh, competition out of the business. And then they, you sign a, a three year deal extension with now a second show. It's almost, I almost wonder if you stop counter-programming and just let them do their thing. It'd be interesting to see. I thought of that yesterday when I saw the, the press release, but you know, you can't counter-program both shows. Well, you can, but it gets ridiculous. Maybe they just keep NXT to uh, the same day, head to head, to Dynamite. But they they don't try as much. They you know they don't try as much to to pull out all the stops and hot shot everything. But like we said, you know, it's only three and four months in, so it's just it's interesting. As we'll talk to Glenn about Disco about some, you know, have wrote AEW off months ago, and you know when their ratings had went through a couple of bad weeks. You know, so they definitely rebounded with their extension on 
TNT and their second show added. So congratulations to them. And like we said, love them or hate them, love or hate WWE. Uh, it's good for the business. It's good for the guys. Uh, it's good for their pocketbook, and it's good for the fans. So always root for everybody to succeed, whether I care for their product or not. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, love to have the wisdom and musings of the one, the only, Glenn Gilberti, the Disco Inferno. All right, ladies and gentlemen, about once every eight months, we like to check in with my buddy, the Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti. Always entertaining, and it's always fun to get his insights on the world of professional wrestling sports entertainment and especially with everything that's been going on the wednesday night wars and all the new promotions uh, mlw uh new japan coming over to the u.s i uh, just wanted to uh touch base with him so without further any further ado please welcome glenn goberti the disco inferno welcome black back glenn uh, that's easy for you to say how you doing man uh, it's good to be it's good to be black Going to be black. <laughs> it's going to be back. Be, ca- be careful now. Yeah, I know. Be yeah, careful now. Care. But that, that's the one thing about uh, um, is I will – like I, I, I think I'm smart enough to say something that I know that you shouldn't say. But I'll say stuff that you know, might f- offend a small number of people, but I know like the, the large majority don't care. And I'll, I'll always stand my ground on that and not, not give in to like, you know, you know I'll, I'll make – I'm not politically correct in the year 2020, whatever that means, because like political correctness has even changed. You know, like there's, there's just things you just can and cannot do. But like, I, I say stuff like that right now that, that, that offends people. And my, my whole, my whole answer to that is like, okay, well, uh, you got to give an example of what, what happened. Like if you get offended, what, what exactly happens to you? Well, it gets, I mean, cha- you get, it, you know, it you get physically upset. You know, it's like, you know, the answer is usually nothing. So it's like, okay, let's move on. Right. It changes on a daily basis. Uh, and I've talked actually about that in the last couple of weeks in my openings. Uh, you know, I don't try to get specific or lecture, but you know, people talk about how they hate AEW or they hate WWE. And I'm like, there's so many options in professional wrestling right now, which is one of the reasons we wanted to get you on to get your take is like, if you don't like it, don't watch right. and, and don't bitch. Just turn it yeah. off. Watch something else. There's a million different things. There's there's Lucha Libre and there's uh, there's Strong Style and there's uh, sports entertainment. There's so much stuff. But uh, but talk about that where people can say stuff. I don't know if you ever get a chance to. Probably not because you're on the West Coast and I know you work at night. Do you ever watch The Five? No. Five is on Fox News, but it has like uh, a little. Oh, you know, here, here, here's what I do. I, I don't I very rarely watch TV anymore. I mean, I'm constantly searching for like, you know, because I get most of my stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Like, like, I'll watch the clips of things, you know, and stuff. So if there's like something, you know, like, like if I, you know, since I do the podcasts, I'll, I'll, I'll look for content, you know, like, like if there's a story for the week, I want to hear somebody's take on it. I want to hear another people that try to get like, try, try to hear different opinions on things before I formulate my own opinion. Yeah. You know, you know, so it's like that. I, but it's, it's hard for me to invest and watch. Like I haven't watched a wrestling show from start to finish, maybe once in like the last five years. I mean, for first shoot, you know, it's just hard to do. Um, my attention span isn't there. The products aren't giving me the type of wrestling I like, and the fans don't respond to like what I'm, you know, because that's the thing. The, 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 here's the difference. I mean, you can probably understand this too. <clears throat> Is you know, you you were the announcer, so you're sitting out there right at ringside all these shows that we did when when the crowds were super hot. 
And you saw the way the crowds react. And you saw the emotional responses. You saw the way they get on the heels and cheer the bay face. Bro, like you sit in the crowds now. Like you watch shows and like that's a big part for me for having been in the business is I want to watch matches where the crowd is responding to stuff that I used to see and stuff. And they just don't do that anymore. Have you noticed that like the crowds literally just do not respond like like the wrestling crowds that we used to wrestle in front of, like like the reactions are like something completely different, like you're watching a different product. Well, they're smart Did to you? they're smart to it now, so they're entertaining themselves. Yeah, I mean, and it's just, and, and, and I find that they're in they're all in on the product. So uh, pardon the pun. So for example, um, uh, you know, if, if you're AEW, it's almost like if you're an AEW fan, it's like an ECW cult. You'll cheer and yell and scream even if something's not good. Oh. Because you uh, you personally invested in the product, uh, and same with WWE. Well, the thing is, is that with uh, social media growing to the global icon that it, that it is these days, is that it's just constantly a forum for people to choose sides and argue with each other. And you see that what they see that in politics, and you see that in wrestling. You see yeah. that in everything, really, music. You know, the, the, one one group was arguing with another group. You know, bro, it's just constant bickering arguing, choosing sides, trying to win your argument, trying to like, you know, trying to, you know, bury somebody on with a tweet and try to get, trying trying to take advantage of people. It's just, and we, we just see this like, bro, it's like, you know, the social media, inter, you know, the growth of social media is kind of like ruined, you know, a lot of like live, you know, like live, live, live television. I have, you know, to like, like, the, it's like professional wrestling. It's like, you know, we didn't have, you know, the shows on Monday night, there'd be Monday night, you know, nitro parties. We'd actually show people in, you know, in, in uh, frat houses having parties and stuff and everything, and all that, you know. And then it was like when the show was over, it's like everybody's discussing it with each other, you know. And it's like everybody kind of liked it because it drew big ratings and everything. Now it's like, you know, now you can discuss the shows with, with everybody on the planet after the shows are over. And what do you get when you get there? You get a bunch of critics arguing with each other over this. And so it's just a constant. Like you're not going to find a lot of positivity. No. Even if a show is really good on on social media these days, uh, from from any profession, like any professional wrestler, because even if like AEW does a great show, right? You get the WWE fans coming in there. Oh well, they're you know they 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 started with 1.4 million. That just there's people that just constantly like to throw wet blankets on everything, and it's no. not you know it's it's not good promotion for the business. I'd I'd say that probably the social media interaction of of the professional wrestling business. Is one of the biggest detriments to the growth because if you're trying to become engaged in this product, you start engaging and then you start following people on social media. You start getting involved and you look it's like, Jesus, what a toxic atmosphere this is. Oh, it's like totally. what are these people arguing about? It's like it's like we're, we're arguing about fake fights. You know, <laughs> it's like people are arguing about and booking decisions and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what, what are, how can this bother you that much? If you don't like it, don't watch it. Exactly. That's, that's a good simple, point. You know? I, I try not to engage in that kind of stuff because, you know, I have a podcast, so I'm, I don't want to take, you know, you know, people take sides and they get really territorial about their side. And if you don't agree with them, then they, uh, they, they cancel you. So I, right. but sometimes I have to, uh, sometimes I actually will write something back and then I'll look at that and I'll just say, I'll race it and I'll say, screw it. It's not worth, not worth, get, right. Not worth getting into it. But, um, uh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I can't even imagine back in the day, especially at the end, um, of the of of WCW in the Monday Night Wars, what we if there was Twitter, what craziness would have gone on in the bar afterwards downstairs? You know, yeah. uh, you know, you know, you'd have uh, 
you know, fans shitting on the product. And there were times that they should have shit on the product. It was the shits. Uh, but, um, but, you know, there were times that, you know, there might be something that you did that you were really proud of, but it, people thought were the shit. So, you know, are you going to start going back and forth on your cell phone, which we really didn't have back then. It was just in the beginning stages and no, uh, no text. I remember the first time I ever saw text was 2002, right after WCW. I went on a tour with Fit Finley and Horace Hogan of uh, the UK and everybody was on their phones and they're doing this. I'm like, what are they doing? And Robbie Brookside said texting. I'm like, what's texting? He's like, it started over there first. He's like, and he showed me. And then like six, eight months later, all of a sudden it became the big deal. But man, I just, I, I, I can't even imagine, you know, all the, the, would have totally changed the atmosphere of after the show, you know, going down, having a couple of cocktails and some food and, and, you know, hanging out and telling stories. And yeah. instead everybody's on their phone trying to defend what they just did to right. a bunch of people who, who God bless them, love them because they're fans and can't do it without them. But, you know, they, you know, you go out and produce three hours of freaking TV a week and make it perfect. You know, I said last week on the show, you know, there were some things in TNA and WCW, there were some things you'd read on the format and you'd think this, this is going to be great. And you'd go out there and it totally was the drizzling shits. And the opposite, you'd look at the format and say, this is something uh, that's going to really stink, in my opinion. Right. And you go out there and it'd get over yeah, like the, a million the, the, bucks. The thing's going to pop a big pot. So, like, <laughs> so like, you know, like, you read, like you'd read this, you'd read the format and be like, God, that's going to suck. And then you go out there and like, the pot really goes. Yeah, sure. I didn't expect that, right? Yeah. So, I mean. But the, but, well, go ahead. The, the thing the thing is like, um, it, the thing the thing that, different, to me, that's different between WWE and AEW for whatever reason um is that AEW, maybe because they're a young company, maybe because they're not, you know, so corporate, uh, maybe because it's one run by wrestlers, but they're, they seem to be willing to admit, not maybe publicly, but admit when something's not perfect and tweak things and try to learn from it moving forward where WWE just stays the course and, and, you know, if the fans shit on something, they just bring it out, you know, like the like the Lana Bobby Lashley stuff, you know. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the wedding just because to me it was Jerry Springer, and that's fun every once in a while. But but other than that, I have no interest in the storyline, and I know a lot of people don't either. But every week they're out there continuing the storyline, and well, uh, this is. And I, I talked about this. I don't know if you know, but but I, I spoke about this when they started doing it, like three four weeks in. And th- this is the one thing about that you can gauge, and from from reading social media. Is that if the the marks think it's it's crap, it's probably not. Okay, this is what's happened in professional wrestling. Is that uh, you know over the with social media and the rise of websites and stuff and everything, and just like the the news that you can consume and stuff and thing, bro. We've we've let people that have zero experience in the wrestling business, never trained, never worked behind the scenes, basically just fans that get that basically just through the power of you know, but uh, buying a, a domain, you know, getting a website up and everything, and coming across as like, you know, a, a, I call them the fake experts, right? <laughs> and the fake experts have basically tried to tell everybody that they they developed a fan base of people that that think they know how people should wrestle, and not one single person has been trained to do it. Not one single person is like attended a class or tried to, or learned anything about the, the the business. And now we have just this whole sea. Of people that have never, never been in the business before, never trained, never done anything, and they're all 
critics now because they all have a voice on social media and they can interact. You can retweet. You can retweet. And, they go, and all these all these people that don't have a clue about what's successful in the wrestling business because wrestling has not been successful in a long time if you're gauging it against the time period of time that we were in, right? And it, you, when you see this and you engage with this on, you know, bro, they're, they're painting a very bad picture of the business because they're taking the people that have been popular in this business are constantly being trying to the fans are trying to demonize them because the fake experts don't like the way they wrestle, you know, and it's just like a, it's a it's a constant toxic atmosphere of just you know just opinions that are just so you know I, I mean bro like like here's me and you we we've been in this business for years right I was just gonna well, say I was just gonna not to cut you off I was just gonna say there's a bunch of people listening to this right now going look at those two old farts giving uh, exactly. uh bitching about uh, social media so right. but but I'm just saying though it's like you're you're still talking to two people that have experience in the business. You know, and like there's like a group of people that will that will look at us and think like, like, oh, what do these guys know? He was just an announcer. He was just a jobber. And I'm like, oh, like, uh, yeah, but we were actually in the business. Well, so I it's re- like, so it's like, you know, so it's like, but that that's the thing that I find aggravating is how the fake experts have kind of portrayed themselves that they know more about the people that have done this. And that and that is permeated through this business to the point where. You know, the, the style that they like is a style that's embracing the business and it's a style that's not drawing a lot of fans, you know, and it's just it doesn't draw. Like I said, bro, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of wrestling. I can't really watch anymore. To be fair, though, there I respect the people that are out there who legitimately criticize and put over things that they like or dislike. And that's a good that's a good thing, because part of me thinks if, uh, if if we had that in WCW, maybe, you know, maybe they wouldn't have dragged the NWO on so long or maybe, you know, they would have changed some stuff based on. On, on what people said, but then there's a, a group of people and, and, and it's a small majority, but they take up a lot of space and they have, they have, a, a, you know, they, a loud they have, voice. Yeah. And, and, and like they either hate WWE and love AEW, hate AEW, love WWE and, and act like they're impartial. And, you know, uh, they right. show pictures of – I see this every week – pictures of the buildings in AEW uh, by the hard cameras where they're not full. Well, hell, right. other than about a one-year run, a one-and-a-half-year run where we were selling out everything we did in WCW, you know, you always had – you know, you put the fans across from the hard camera and they, were, they always tapered off sort of as the building curved around. Uh, you know, very rarely did you sell out an entire arena other than, like I said, when we had that run. Uh, and, and the thing about the, all the people that put up those pictures is that you p- put up a picture of Raw and it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. They're not selling. I mean, no, nobody. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're trying, they try to chop people's legs off to make themselves feel so. taller. But I think, it's it's... A very, I think it's a very small amount, like you said, that have a loud voice as opposed to a lot of people that I really enjoy their, their opinions because it's a fresh view from somebody who's Who's, who's a fan who I think it help you know if, if you if you don't get caught up in the la- in the very last and it's the same with politics although I don't talk politics but if you you know they say in politics that the you know the the most of the people doing the talking about politics on Twitter not to get off of wrestling but is only a small amount of the actual voters but they're making right. the most noise so people think that that's what most voters think so it'll be interesting. Yeah. When, you know, the, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the Democratic primary to see which side 
uh, actually wins, but I don't talk politics. Hey, um, and, 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 uh, I mentioned the five and then I didn't follow up. I was just gonna say there's this guy named Jesse Waters who, uh, he, he's a young guy and he's, uh, has a lot of opinions and he's afraid, he, he's afraid to death to get, to lose his job by saying something that pisses people off. Right. So the, the, the girl next to him, Dana Perino, has been around for a bunch of years. She used to be George Bush's uh, press secretary. So when he says something, um, and I always, and I think of you, I think of you when he's doing this because uh, you guys sort of have the same style. And I think of you, although you don't give a crap and he does, but maybe if you were making a million bucks like he was, you would give a crap. But he, he said, he puts his hand in Dana Perino's hand and says, he says, squeeze my hand if I say something I shouldn't, if I'm going in a place where I shouldn't. And, you know, so that's where we've gotten to these days, where a show where there's some Democrats and some Republicans and some libertarians and some independents all talking about the news of the day and their points on it, which is why I like it, because it's a varied opinion uh, where the guy has to uh, tell the other lady to squeeze his hand if he's going to say something that's going to get him fired. So it's like. It's cra- anyway, I just wanted to put a period at the end of that sentence because I mentioned you, that. But, but you know what? You know, the problem is, though, and this is what people don't realize is. And this is why I hate seeing people that give in to the cancel culture. Okay, if you if you look at new if you, bro if you let's go one month right if you go back one month of news and watch how the news was cycled through the news and social media, okay, is that there's always just like there's always spots where gasoline gets thrown on the fire, right? Sure. And everybody's commenting on it, and it's huge, and it's blockbuster, it's bombshell. You see the words, stuff, and bro, literally like two days later, you forgot about it because another bombshell, blockbuster thing has shoved that story out of the news cycle, and this one's in there now, right, bro? If if, if you'd be like Ricky Gervais and and Dave Chappelle and people that try to like come after you for saying things, all you can do is just 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 tell them to f off and weather the storm, and people will forget about it. Who's talking about Ricky Gervais these days? Today, who's talking about Ricky Vase? Nobody. Who's talking about Dave Chappelle? Nobody. Who was talking about them a week ago? Everybody. Who was talking about Dave Chappelle a month ago? Everybody. Bro, just 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 ignore it. Say what you want. As I wish people would, would do that more. Say say what's on your mind. Free speech. Okay. If people disagree with want to yell at you, just 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 stand your ground. Don't compromise yourself because what's going to happen is somebody else is going to say something, and they're going to start jumping on that guy and forget you. And, and it happens all the time. And that's the thing. If but you we, can with, the news cycle runs so fast now, if you could withstand the heat for like about five hours, they'll find something else to. Or, or just to, two days. To, <laughs> literally like a day or two. Like people will literally just forget about it and move on. Nobody, because people just, the people that love to complain won't complain about the same thing over and over. They'll find something new to complain about. And then that's what you see is like it's stuff and everything. I, I think, because here's what the fascinating thing is this, this isn't really politics, but this is kind of like. You see, like negative stories on 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 wrestling, like the Tessa Blanchard stuff, you know, negative and stuff. But, but a week from now, nobody's going to be talking about that because the stories, everybody had their piece, everybody made their say, everybody made their decision. Now they're going to find something else to argue about, or whatever, right? But bro, think about this. And I've always thought when I'm watching news, when I see the way the social media cycles the news and basically you know, they they deliver the narratives and try to everybody's chiming on the subject. Bro, honestly, the single most important thing. That everybody should be talking about because it's the most to, to me in our lifetime it might be the biggest story is the Jeff Epstein stuff, okay? Because all the people that he's implicated are very power, you know, the, the the associates and stuff and all that, right? Wouldn't shouldn't we 
want to know exactly what went on there. Like, like there's no, there's no conclusive stuff that we, that we, we know of yet. We, we, you know, he's, is he dead? Is he, is he real? Why is there no VO? Bro, all this stuff, whenever I see the news that that story is so big to me because of all the people that implicated famous people and stuff. And like, you know, I've, I've seen things where Bill Gates, Elon, Elon Musk, his brother was dating uh, the, the Epstein's girlfriend, you know, his, his, you know, but bro, there's so many famous people involved that I always think that like all the news that we're being fed is trying to help us to forget about Jeffrey Epstein because like, you know, there's, there's stories that are very important and the next story that comes across that, that isn't near as important as this one. People just kind of like forget about that one and start, 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 you know, focus on the new one. And the same thing with, with wrestling and social media. It's just like, we just lose sight of the important stuff because we're just in, you know, just fed information on an hourly and minute by minute basis. And it's like your brain just get, just loses attention and you just, you know, I don't know. It's just I, I see it in wrestling that 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 it's also narrative driven. It's the sea of narratives and people arguing the narratives with each other and stuff. And this is I don't know. It's just I uh, I, I engage in it because I kind of have to because I do the podcast because I try to find content and stuff everything. But I see what's happening. You know, I, I see what's going on. I know I know I'm being fed narratives. I know I'm not. You know, I, I have to find the truth and things. So yeah. it's like you know. So like here's I'm not I'm not touching I'm not touching Jeffrey Epstein with a ten foot pole. I will say this that uh, Meghan Markle and Harry Prince Harry, uh, if if Andrew was uh, was a good guy, he'd uh, he'd buy him a nice steak dinner, send yeah. him on a on a second honeymoon because they <laughs> took right. the heat off him, man. Yeah, and he absolutely. had a ton of heat on him, and nobody even remembers that right. anymore. Right? No, yeah, that was all made, right. Exactly. It's just like the next big thing. It's like I, I want to give you a funny. This is a perfect example, right? I was on. I did Russo's show today, and uh, I was gonna say, uh, how's how's my? Uh, I was gonna say, speaking of uh, the end of WCW and it's the shits. How was doing Russo's show? It was good. <laughs> I, hey, I was booking that too. So. Um, uh, hey, so we had up? we had Chris Jericho come on a couple of uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he did put you over. He said for every ten ideas you had, like one was great, and the other, like two were average, and like six were horrible. Well, that's the thing, but at least I had ideas. That is it's true. Like, that's the only thing. It's like so you look at wrestling today. It's like how many like sometimes it isn't even good or bad. It's just it's just not you know. There's nothing there. Like there's no ideas. It's just a match. You know. So at least I had like you know crazy stuff. But but, but I want to get back to two things. This is what I was talking about. Number one is the the Lana. We were talking about Lana and Lashley, the wedding stuff. And I was pointing out everybody and their mother was shitting on it. Okay, you probably because it's done very campy. The execution was was not good. You know, it's just. The verbiage, everything, it's just, it, it's cringeworthy, right? But what they were I actually, doing, I actually like the wedding, but other than that, I, okay, I haven't right, liked right, anything right, else. I like, the, I like the wedding too, but I could see how other people, like you're, you're watching them to perform these angles. But what it, what it was, and the reason it was getting good ratings and nobody figured it out because everybody's crapping on it, they were doing episodic soap opera storytelling every single week with it. The next week would advance the story, would advance the story. The next week would advance the story. The next week would advance the story. Bro, so this is like one of the longer storylines that's been in wrestling, on wrestling in years. That's a great point, actually. You know, so – and it's like regardless of whether it's good or bad, it's still soap opera storytelling, which has always been the effective model for getting ratings. Next week was happening. What's going to happen next week? What's going to happen the week next week? And every week to do something, well, what are they going to do with this next week? The funny thing was is like over the past three weeks or so – there was a couple AEW shows. People were saying the show wasn't good. The show, you know, I didn't like this. You know, all the even even the dirty guys were. I didn't think that was good. But like that, there were still 
they're still doing, even though like this, the angles are kind of cheesy, you know, like, like the Dark Order and, you know, the, the Dr. Luther, of the, you know, the whoever the exalted one is. But it's soap opera storytelling where you don't know the answer to the question every week. Sure. Like each week is the next way. That is the model that drives numbers. Because no, we could talk about great matches and stuff. Bro, great matches is, is, is forgotten as soon as the next match starts. You know what I'm saying? But we can sit there and talk, oh, that was a great match. This is a great match. Bro, the storylines are what drives wrestling. Episodic storytelling where the the angle is advanced week after week. And what AEW is doing very well, okay, is their top two angles. They're doing good episodic storytelling with it, regardless of whether you like the stories or not. It's still good episodic storytelling. The the Jericho Moxley angle and the Cody MJF angle are good like they're, they're two big angles that every week we're advancing the storyline on the show well i and would say that, i would say know, to a lesser extent even the the uh the the adam page and uh um kenny omega angle and right, yeah, there's but, a lot of there's a lot of angles that they're advancing every week and uh right yeah you're you're absolutely right with that and because I, I, go because ahead. here's real quick because here's what they need to do then okay is the problem i have it's not a problem but i think i think they'll figure out the formula is that you know a cold match between two guys that don't have an angle with each other? It's you know fourteen to sixteen minutes is too much TV time for that. You know what I'm saying? It's like their matches they, are long. Their matches are long, and a lot of the matches are long and they're cold. There's no angle. There's no storyline. There's no there's no set. There's no soap opera element. It's just a match, right? I would say it's like what's wrong with a twelve minute match and two minutes worth of build up for it? Sure. You know, as opposed to fourteen. I'm, I'm just saying, like, and this is what happens is. Is when you have like these guys are just starting, okay? They're, they're they've never booked before, all right? And it's like it's hard to come up with stuff with, with guy with some guys sometimes. But you should always try. You should always attempt. Just just don't throw two guys out there on TV and leave it up to them to get over. You know, give them something. You know, even if it's not a good, even if it's not a a good angle, still give them an angle. You know, give them something because I'm telling you that that's what keeps people glued to the TV if you're doing soap opera television as opposed to just a match. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's what I'd, I'd say. But, but you know, and you know what this too, I, I talked about this, and I brought this up and nobody really ever, ever talked about this, but, you know, the AEW just signed the new deal, right? Yeah. And, and you see, you see, what was, what was, what would you say the reaction was on Twitter? Like, like for, from I was, the WWE I was fans the, and AEW fans? I was off the grid yesterday because I, I yeah. had a busy day in real estate, so uh, knock on wood. So I didn't really see, you tell me. Well, of course, you have the, the army of people that are saying like the ratings stink. They're going to get canceled. Blah blah blah. Right. So when so when so when AEW gets gets the new deal, you you have people that are like, oh my god, I thought they were going to cancel. Now they're like, I can't believe that they're they gave them a deal. So now the, the the people that were negative to begin with, they're doubling down. Like, well, how stupid is that? Give them deals, bro. This is I, I the first thing I looked at when I when I heard that is is I went and. I Googled, I said NBA on TV, TNT TV, uh, TV ratings, right? So AEW's drawn like, let, let's let's say, for, for example, going forward, that on a weekly basis, AEW can draw 900 million viewers. Like, let, let's, let's just call that, that's, a, that's a, a, a number they can reach on a regular basis, 1 million people, right? Right. NBA on TNT averages 1.3 million viewers per game, okay? And it's down 15% from, from the year before, like the ratings are not good this year. The NBA on the NBA airs games on ESPN and TNT. I think TNT has like sixty-seven games, and ESPN has whatever. But, but it's a combined one hundred and fifty games. Okay, bro. 
do you know how much ESPN and TNT are paying the NBA for an average viewership of 1.3 million people per game? I couldn't even imagine, but I know it's a lot more than they're paying. $2.7 billion. For the game? For a game? No, for the seat for, for, oh, for, the, for the season. I was going to say it's in the billions for the season. Okay. TNT, rest and drawing a million viewers. Rest and drawing 2 million on USA, 2 million point to one on Fox. Fox gave WWE 200 million. TNT's giving AEW $45 million covering the production cost of about 20 So let's call that $65 million a week. Bro, that number is microscopic compared to the number that the NBA is getting. And it's like I've always wondered why that is. Why does wrestling, even though we're drawing a lot of eyes to the product compared – see, that's the thing. People think the ratings stink, but I've always looked at ratings compared to other you know, elements of the genre. They're 18 to 34 male audience, which is sports mainly, you know? Sure. It's not drawn. It's, it definitely does not merit making 20 times less money than, than the NBA does based on the viewership. And I've just always wondered why the wrestling audience, why, why the networks are not giving more to this product because either they're overpaying for the NBA or they're way underpaying for wrestling. It's both. one I or think, the other. I, I think both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both. both right? so, so, yeah, but, but the same, it's, it's not neat. It's not – both of those are not – knows like like you're either over you're either underpaying wrestling you're overpaying the you know, nba or both but it's not neither you know what i'm saying because the numbers just do not like the math is just it's completely out of whack to me it's like i'm, I'm looking at this and going like well how can they give that much money in the nba this, this is crazy it's like that they're not doing nothing i remember like our nitro one of our nitros outdrew that week michael remember michael jordan was out of basketball for a year yeah, his return game to the Chicago Bulls was like this huge thing, bro. They didn't even get as good, good, good as good of rating as Nitro did. You I know, don't know. Like, I, don't, wow. I don't think I don't think basketball is a big. Uh, I think actually hockey is taking over as uh, as but why, probably but why, the third but why biggest. Are they getting, why are they getting so much money? Because here's why. Here's 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 here. Oh, I don't know more than wrestling. I'm telling you why live sports yeah. gets money because the networks have figured out with all everything that's happened with technology is that they need people to watch live because if you DVR something, what are you going to do? Fast forward through the well, commercials. No, just, yeah. I've never watched DVR a live score. Uh, I've never. I've ne- yeah. So so they're they're desperate at this point to show pe- things that people want to watch and sit through the commercials. So. Whether that's the NBA, whether that's AEW, whether that's American Idol that they keep bringing back, even though the ratings went way down, because you know, even though they're not, they went from 20 million people to three million people, they still get three million people that sit there and watch the entire show, including commercials. Because if I'm a sponsor, I don't want to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to have somebody fast forward through my. Uh, through my right. through my ad, I've always said that if I had was a company that had money to spend on ads, I do the thing. I do it on like YouTube, where in the middle of a video, an ad comes on, and you have to right. sit through it for thirty seconds or a minute to watch the rest to watch the rest of the video. Because um, how about this? I'm gonna give you Hulu. Okay, so I got so I get because I got all the uh the the, the house the, where I live now. Um, we don't we don't have cable. Okay, but we do have like we got all the. All the other things, the fire stick, the you know, all all that shit, right? We have everything, so, all of that yeah, stuff, and right? Cable. Yeah, I don't, I don't need because I don't really watch. I mean, I, I can get everything on on the you know all the other things, but uh, it's like Hulu. So I got the Hulu, the forty four dollar month subscription to Hulu, just so I can watch like some sports and and the AEW show, bro. The my it's like the AEW show when you're watching the replay of it, you're stuck in the commercials. Once the commercial starts, they make you watch it. You can't you can't get get off of it. 
No, it's like you can't, you can't fast forward. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that's another weird thing, you know, that, that, that goes on and stuff. So I don't, I, I can see what you're saying, but well, uh, I, mean, I want to talk about this too. Okay. Cause we talked about this on a, and then we'll get your take. Okay. Cause there's, there's a lot of position. Like you have all these companies, like how, how much wrestling is there on TV? Like seven shows a week. You know, there's, there's, there's a million shows, right? There's a lot now. And it's like, we're in this day and age of like, you know, inclusivity, you know, like, like the, the, a lot of these companies, I mean, they're, they're empowering the women, uh, inclusive, you know, uh, no, no race, you know, of course, and, and the whole racism thing to me is so silly because like no, nobody's endorsing racism in the year 2020. So, uh, then you get like, um, you know, the LGBTQ inclusion, like AEW's inclusive and everything. Bro, it's like, we're, we're doing all these things to try to make wrestling like inclusive to, to all these, you know, groups and stuff. But bro, I'm looking at the crowd every single week. It's still white males. Yep. All white males. Like, and I'm looking at the the wrestling business, like as a, you know, overall. And I'm like, what are we doing that is just causing our, uh, the audience to basically, the, all we're drawn is white males. Like what, what, what's happened? Like where, where are the women, where are the, you know, there's not a lot of ethnic minorities in the crowd. There's not, you, you just, and this is from vis, you're visually looking at this every single week, you know? And I'm like, I'm like wondering, like, well, what, what, what's happening here? Because that's kind of like a weird result of what they're trying, what, what wrestling and some of these companies are trying to push. Well, what, what, what's your take on that? Well, the women went away a long time ago. I told a story about a month ago, and I won't say who the person's name is because I don't want to get any heat. But at one point, he, we were sitting around after a, a night show in the bar at the hotel, and he looked at me and said, David, Penzer, all the, all the rats are guys. <laughs> and, and this, is, this I know, is i know who this is i know you know who it is and this is and this is uh this is back in the, this is back in the day that uh that you know back in our day when we were in the you know end of the 1990s so i mean they've been gone for a while and uh i i think um uh, i don't know what made them go away but um uh they, they they went away a long time ago i don't know why they don't draw a more inclusive crowd um bro let me tell you why and this is why and it's know, a good point. And I like, haven't thought about it. Right. This is why. And this is what my, my, my take. I don't know if I'm right, but I, I think it's plausible. Bro, when we pulled the curtain back. Well, I was going to say. And when we, we pulled the curtain back and, you know, we started rating the matches and, you know, all the dirt she's trying to talk about who were you. Know, bro, you, you, you took away like the, the crux of the business, which is basically, you know, suspend disbelief. Two guys, you know, cutting promos go out and really fight each other. Right. And now we've kind of like embraced the artistry of it and the performance of it and stuff and all that. But the people that are that like stuff like that, they're kind of geeky, you know, like like insiders, you know, people that want to be smart marks, insiders. You know, it's like it's, it's like the fantasy football crowd, you know, like like football. like what it does. You know, the, 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 you know, there's a lot of fantasy geeks out there that, that don't really, they're not real big fans of the product, but they like the fantasy. You know, I, I like both, you know, but, but but I mean, like you can see the people like the that that. Embrace the geekiness of the, of the of the product, right? And I just think that, like, as that's happened, you know, it's like you're just like there's not a lot of people that like that stuff. Well, speaking of that, you know, it's like, funny. Like wanna, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, my youngest son Dylan, remember my my I have two, so my younger son Dylan, um, he's like a self-described uh, computer nerd. Uh, loves uh, playing video games. Uh, he's going to graduate. Uh, thank God. Uh, in a couple of months with an IT degree. And he, oh, wow. ne- he never like, uh, 
he never liked wrestling. You know, he, my oldest son always liked wrestling, but my youngest son never liked wrestling. He loves AEW. He's gotten really into it. Part of it is because they do a lot of, you know, they, they do a lot of crossover stuff with video games and, you know, anime and, you know, stuff like that. But part of it is he just, he, he, he seems to dig the, the, what they're doing. But so the, so that keep in mind, I've never had a serious conversation with him about wrestling. My older son and me talk wrestling all the time, but I've never really had a serious conversation. The other night we were talking and he goes, he, he mentioned something that he saw in AEW. He goes, you know, I think that's go away, uh, uh, go away heat, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, go away heat. Go away, go away heat. heat. And I said, yeah. go away heat? I said, how the hell do you know about go away heat? And, 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 and you know, here's a guy who never liked wrestling. All of a sudden, he's six months into watching AEW. He knows, he knows all the jargon. He's talking about go away heat. I just cracked me up. And you, like you said, people like to be in on it. And, you know, uh, and, well, and, and they, 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 they do all the lingo. And, and uh, let, me give, let me give you, let me give you to, to why, why your kid. It just got trapped in one of these narratives, okay? That like that that is just it's a false narrative. I love it when you know because you he, obviously he's reading the dirt sheets and stuff and the, the reviews of the show and stuff. And thing. Here's what I love. I love it he's when he's in chat he, rooms. He's like Reddit, right? He right, exactly. Like you know, he's in the the, the chat, right? Okay, yeah. you, you gotta love like these dirt sheet guys and stuff. Everything to talk about how a wrestler has go away heat, but bro, you've never gone away. You watch the show every week. How could you even talk about go? You don't even know these people talk about go away heat. They have no concept because they they never went away. I've went away. I'm a wrestling. I love professional wrestling. I love the business. the The wrestling business, what it's presenting to me as a, as a fan and a former performer, has been kind of go away heat because I've actually stopped watching a lot of this stuff. So my perspective on like what go away heat is is a lot better. Then a person is talking about go away heat, but has never went away. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's things that like I can I can talk about like about wrestling. Well, why aren't people watching wrestling? It's like, well, I can tell you why I'm not watching it. You know, and I'm not watching it. So it's like you know, so like, do you know, are you gonna have somebody else tell me why other people aren't watching? Like, are you gonna have somebody tell me why I'm not watching wrestling? Which is what they do. The people that watch it every week, these dirty guys, these fake experts, everything, they're telling me what to do, but they've never not stopped watching it. I have. And they're trying to tell they're trying to tell people why people aren't watching wrestling. I'm saying, bro, you don't want to listen to these guys. Go you wanna to listen to me because I've stopped watching it too. You know, so it's like, you know, I mean, that's that, a good point. But I, yeah. go I just gotta say, go ahead. He was like the last thing I would have thought would have come out of his mouth. Uh when yeah. he said it, I like I did a double take and laughed my ass off. So for those who don't know me or for those who haven't seen me in a while, I have a big old bald spot in the back of my head. Tried to hide it forever with baseball hats, and I never put a toupee on, though. But uh, finally had to just uh, admit that I'm getting old, and I'm not the only one. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35, but I have good news for you. With today's advancements in science, Keeps, remember that name, Keeps, offers proven treatments that combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some you may have tried before, but probably never for this price. Plus, Keeps now offers a prescription shampoo to keep your scalp healthy as well. 
I remember I was paying 80 bucks for shampoo and conditioner and it helped a little bit, but it wasn't worth the money. Now Keeps is here to help. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments really work. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss, which means the sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast and many men even experience hair regrowth with the Keeps treatments. They have revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. Thanks to Keeps, you no longer have to go to a doctor's office for your hair loss prescription or sit in a line at your local drugstore. You can visit a doctor online and get your hair loss medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms. No more pharmacy checkout lines. Get doctor attention and discreet drug delivery all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. And here's the cool part. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Yes, $10 a month. One-eighth of what I paid for a bottle of shampoo and conditioner and you get everything you need. Plus, for a limited time, you could get your first month's Free. That's one hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash ringside to receive your first month of treatment absolutely free. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash ringside, R-I-N-G-S-I-D-E, and you will get your first month for free. Remember that each month starts at just $10 for everything you need. A fantastic product at a fantastic price. To prevent your hair loss, go to keeps.com slash ringside for your first month free. You mentioned why there's no, why they're, even though they're, uh, especially AEW and to a lesser extent WWE is, um, is engaging diversity with like a Nyla Rose and a, a Sunny Kiss. Uh, and why would they don't have fans that 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 rep- and that that represent that diversity? And I think the reason is I was very, I I, I was I don't want to say excited, but I was when, when AEW started their uh, weekly episodic television show, I was really hoping that they would do more character development and that right. they would they would talk to Nyla Rose and sit down and and tell her story. And, right. and, and talk to Sonny Kiss and tell his story. And so then you could get, you know, that stuff could go viral. And then you could get people who sympathize, who, who, who have gone through that experience to have a hero to somebody. Cause that kind of stuff isn't easy, man. Still in 2020, you know, being transgender is, is, is not easy to talk about. And, and a lot of people still, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people still roll their right. eyes at it. But, 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 but. The, they they never featured it. They never even mentioned it. If you didn't know, you don't know. And I, I had Meltzer on last year, about four months ago, and I asked him about that. And he goes, "Well, they don't want to seem like they're they're taking advantage of it." And I'm like, "Well, you're either Why are you promoting it. You're either <laughs> if, if you're going to yeah, right. promote that you're all inclu- all inclusive, which I respect and I think is great, then do something. Explain to the people who the the people are." And, and, and what their story is, because it's not exploiting them. I mean, everybody has a serious, uh, a, a true story. And I'd like to know more about Nyla Rose. I'd like to know what, what she went through and, and to, to reach her dream, because whatever she went through, now she's competing on national television uh, for one of the top pr- promotions in, in, in the country at this point. So, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear the story and uh, the hardships and the ups and the downs and, I don't know that that's exploitation. Exploitation is, no, you know, not. Adrian Adonis, uh, you know, putting uh, all this stupid makeup and 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 flowers. You're, you're, you're making you're making fun of you're making fun of the stereotypes. Exactly. But right. but so anyway, and and to a lesser extent, I I wish 
like Orange Cassidy, uh, which, by the way, is, is probably something that you that a gimmick you would have come up with 20 years ago that everybody would have rolled their eyes on um, and is now like super, super over. Um, I, I'd like, I, you know, he's super over. And, 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 and at first I wasn't. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the thing, though. It's not he's super over to that audience. Yeah, that, that's that's the distinction. But why is he like get, that? I want well, to know. I'm telling you this because these fans are weird these days. I, I call it the what you know we had the attitude era. I call it this era the what's wrong with these people era because I watch the fans and like the stuff that they're reacting to. Sometimes I'm 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 going like I'm like why 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 are the people popping at this? What, what's wrong with these people? I actually think it's it's I actually think he's entertaining actually, and I I was not a big fan to start out with, and I've grown to be entertained by the spots. I just wish that they would explain and do some uh, backstory telling about why he's in the middle of the ring with his hands in his pocket, throwing light kicks and, 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 you know, keeps his sunglasses on, you know, uh, there's, there's no explanation for that. And it seems like you don't need an explanation. It's just funny. So we'll we'll throw it out there and make it funny. This is what you're talking about. Basically is that like, if you're in your, where would he live? Tampa? Tampa. Yeah. Hey, let's say Tampa said, uh, hey, hey, guys, there's, we're, we're, have, we're, showing a, we're going to have a football game on Friday. And it's like the football fans are like, oh, all right, uh, you know, well, who's playing? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know who's playing, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a gay player and a transgender player, and like they'll let a lot of women play. And it's like, okay, like, who, well, who are they? And you're like, you know, they go, well, well what, what's their deal? And like, you don't know anything about them. You know, it's like, so I'm not going to go watch. I want to know who's playing. I want to yeah, know who's playing. Yeah. That's, that's what you have to do. You can't just like sit there and tell, tell wrestling fans, all right, hey, we got, a, we, got a, we got a gay guy, a transgender guy. We got, a, we got, you know, all right, I want to know about these people. I want to know about them. You think I'm just going to watch just because, you know, just because somebody's gay or just somebody that's transgender? What, what's their character? It's well, like, well, you know, it's like, a, then that seems like kind of what they're doing with all this inclusive stuff. Yeah. Like, just like you said, they're just, hey, we're inclusive. Yeah. All right. Who are the characters that, that you are inclusive? I will, will, let me know a lot about them. So that that's that's why I think that like because here's the thing, is that nobody cares if a person's gay, if a person's transgender. Like that's the biggest funniest thing these days. Like the there's I always care, the, I could care less. I, I just want I people to be ha- the, so many people but, are miserable with depression. I suffer from anxiety, and I've been very open about it on this show, talking to other wrestlers who have gone through that. So life's not easy, man. As long as you're happy, I don't give. I don't really care what you right. do, quite frankly. Right, and it's like it's like I think there's this thing that like that that we kind of like misinterpreted that, that like people care about that stuff. And I don't think anybody cares at all. I think, you know, I think professional wrestling should just be, you know, the bro, it's like, it's, it's like, a, I was talking the other day. It's like, you know, what happened to the superstar? You know, a lot of these wrestlers, the way they act on social media, the other, they're offended, they're complaining, they're, you know, they're saying, you know, the, the, a lot of the characters are undersized and stuff and everything, and they're just like guys out there with trunks on. It's like, it's like, where, where, it's like, where are the superstars? Because that's the way we were portrayed on television. Large, large and like, not, not you, but like, most everybody. But so what's <laughs> happened is it's like, we've been kind of like inclusive. So like, we've included everybody can do this. Yeah. And it's well, like, you know, okay, is everyone, so now we have, we're inclusive, we have small people, we have, and I'm like, I think the formula really doesn't for, for drawing fans doesn't adhere to that. I think that I think the formula is more geared towards larger than life superstars. You know, I, I think would 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 draw more. But like we're embracing other things. You know, like you said, the inclusivity. You know, and I just don't see. And I look at the, the end result. 
and I'm seeing all white people, all white males in the crowd. Well, and, and going like, back to your going, going yeah. back to your football reference, yeah. you know, there's a reason why so many people stayed up till like two in the morning to watch the uh, national championship game because right. they were invested in Joe Burrow. They were invested in uh, oh god, I can't think of the name of the Auburn quarterback. Uh, the Davos Sweeney, court- the, the Cleansing coach, the coach, you know, the, court- right. the quarterback, yeah. the young quarterback with the long hair, never lost a game since he started. Um, you know, Ed Ergeron and his story. Every time I hear him, I feel I I I I I have to say, what you talking about, brother? Because he sounds just like Hulk when he talks. But but there's a reason that it wasn't just because there were two good teams playing, although that was part of it. It was because you get invested in the stories, and I just wish that all the promotions would tell stories. Hey, you mentioned Tessa Blanchard. I want to I don't want to get into the whole scandal because nobody knows what the truth is. Yeah, because because you know, I, I talk, the, 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 I, bro. I think I'm the, the, the right take on this. It's very simple. We we kind of, this is what happens in social media. So here's a story: Tessa Blanchard spit in the girl's face and called her the N word. And it's like, and I'm like, time out. I was like, I want to hear exactly how that played out. Like, what was this? Like, tell the story. If the story is just Tessa Blanchard called some called some girl the N word and spit in her face, my visual picture is Tessa Blanchard walking up to the girl, calling her the N word and spitting in her face. So like, you know, I, like, I want to hear how this went down. We're we're you know, the girl that's making the claim, what was the exchange before this happened? What was it after? What was your relationship with her before this? What was your relationship with her after this? What? I want to hear the story. I don't just want to hear Tessa Blanchard call somebody the N-word and spin her face, and now everybody on social media is jumping on Tessa Blanchard as being a terrible person. Well, like, I want to know. I got to say, things, I don't think that know? word's acceptable no matter what the circumstances it's not, are. But, but, did she, but the whole thing is, did she even say it? I, I, that's I, the I, whole thing. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's like I want the facts here before we – Everybody and their mother starts chiming in on it, making their decision. Yeah, you know, which is why I, I, can't, I, I didn't yeah, want I can't to see. talk about it because we don't know the truth. We weren't there. Right, and exactly. And she said the word. There. If she said the word, it was a horrible move, and she right. has she has a lot of uh, uh, if, you know uh, she needs to convince a lot of people that she's changed. And that, that's true. That that's true. But 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 would you feel as strongly about it if she did it that way as opposed to? She thinks the girl stiffed her for a shoot in the match and just came out and just real quick and your instantaneous response. That's what she that's what she said and did. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. Your perspective on it would be a little bit different. Well, people but say things still, in, people say things yeah. in the heat of the moment that they that they wish they yeah, wouldn't have said. And, right. and if it right. was in the heat of the moment and she goes on and says this happened in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment, I said something I'm. I, I think it's, uh, I normally would never have said uh, and wish I never said it and will never say it again. I, 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 give, I give her a pass at that point. I know some people don't. But, you know, like I said, that's but, but, that, we, we should know. But we should know that we should know all that before everybody starts making their decisions on what, what side they're on in this. No, you know I agree. what I'm saying? Yes, I agree. But, yeah. Now, as somebody who prob- may have been the first on a national basis, the first uh, uh, wrestler to have to put over a woman, who came first, Jackie or China? Uh, Jackie was first. So who had to put over a woman on and, 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 and actually left the company for a while, but although there were a lot of extenuating circumstances, more than just you not, and we've talked about that in past podcasts if people want to go back and listen. But as somebody who went through that, I'm wondering what you think of uh, having a, a woman as the, world, as the world heavyweight champion. I find it interesting in a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons. Well, as I've said this before, this is the here's the problem with it, and this is but bro, this is what Impact is doing. Um, Impact is being very creative in the year 2020. If you watch their show, it, like the skits they do and stuff, bro, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of like a Saturday Night Live. 
There's a lot of vignettes, a lot of skits, yeah. a lot of funny, a lot of, you know, and like they're trying to do entertaining stuff. Okay. This is another one they did. And like I was involved in this angle because I started out with Tess and everything. And when, when I was presented with this, my whole thing was as a professional wrestler, because I heard that <clears throat> Eli Drake had refused to do it. Right. So my whole thing was, okay, okay how do this angle that they're presenting to me, how can I creatively make this as good as possible as a performer? You know what I'm saying? Then I was just thinking, like, I want to try to make this as good as possible. I know it's ridiculous, but if you're gonna stick me out there to do this, and like, you know, I'm gonna do it and try to, I'm gonna try to be the best, get the best pop on the show. That that's what I told wrestlers that I train. Go out, don't always go out there and try and have the best match. Go out there and try and get the best pop. And whatever you have to do to do that, just try to figure it out. Sure. But this is this is the problem with this angle. Okay, as an angle, as a storyline, because Tess is so good, and she, when she throws punches, she throws punches that looks like that they hurt more than the other, than ninety percent of the guys in the business because she throws them faster and harder. Um, you, you can it, you can get by if the devil's in the details. But the problem with this angle was is that if this was a movie and that was the end of the movie, her winning the title would be great. But this is weekly episodic television. So now it's like they've reached this point that they did it. In, it's like, all right, what the fuck do we do next now? You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you pigeonholed yourself into this storyline. But now what do you do with the, like from, from, from a storyline standpoint of logic, logically and suspending disbelief, what do you do with her going forward? She has to beat all the girls every single time she wrestles them. You know, and she, somebody, one guy is going to have to squash her. Just to add, at some point, because like this, this is it's just not plausible that a, that a, a smaller girl is going to keep fighting bigger guys. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm saying, so like after this is where it becomes problematic. As a one shot deal storyline build up, big pop, yeah, hey, it's inclusive women's movement. You know, all right, now the woman's the world champion. What do we do now? That's <laughs> like, a good point. So so you know, how how do you write the TV now going forward? And they seem to be going in a direction that I never would have guessed because I would have thought that after she won, they just kept putting her against guys. But it seems now that they're going to do a a world title versus women's world title with her against Taya Valkyrie. So you have a you have two women fighting over what, quote unquote, is a men's title, you know, traditionally. So which is which is a way I never thought they were going to go. But it's kind of interesting. But if you look at the way they're doing their show, it is like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not I really actually, to be taken seriously or believably. We're just executing this thing as like a skit on a show, yeah. and it's just a movie, and it's like you know, it's it is what it is. It's like, like I said, I, I've always said it's just you're going to have the problematic thing as because Tess is such a great performer, okay, and the other then that the, the devil was in the details. Like every, they try to make these these matches look as log- as plausible logically as you possibly can. You know, like like when I when I did the thing was I was wrestling the girls, I would always do spots where okay, I'm gonna hip toss you, I'm gonna go for the elbow drop you move, I'm gonna get up and try to punch you, you when you're down move again, roll out of the ring, and I'm gonna grab you by the hair because my arms hurt because I missed an elbow and punched the mat, grab my arm and drape it all on top rope, and now my arms hurt. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but it's like you literally have to navigate your way through the match to make it look like that this girl just can't beat you. You're a 210 pound guy and she's a 130 pound girl. You can't. You know, I did that thing with Scarlett Bordeaux, right? First, right. I go. You can't. You can't do things that make it. You have. You have to put yourself in peril and vulnerable position where she can take an advantage, as opposed to just going out there and having a match. Right. You know, because that's. But what happens is these days in the intergender circuit, okay? Like, like they're, they're, you see all these indie shows are doing intergender matches. Yeah. They're just going out there and having matches, and that's that's just because like. 
you know, the, just the girl knows how to wrestle. We're going to put her in there. But, but here's the thing that I tell people that are always like up in arms about it. I'm like, guys, I go, since we pulled back the curtain and we know it's a work, I go, intergender wrestling takes place every single day in wrestling schools. The guys are doing the stuff with the girls, which they're training. Like, you know, it's true. not live in front of you, but that you're doing the stuff with the, the girls are doing the same stuff with the guys, you know? So it's like, all we're doing is just basically showing that, Hey, wrestling's fake. Cause this is what you're basically telling the audience. Wrestling's fake. We know it's fake. These are performers. Some of the girls are going to perform, perform with the guys. I, in the big picture, to me, that's small time wrestling. You know, that's not that's you can't put that on the big stage, big picture, and and present that to a, a large audience. They're just they're they're, they're going to laugh at it because it looks like Saturday Night Live. You know, it's funny. I just thought of something. Uh, the first start because you know Tessa was one of the first ones who started doing the intergender stuff on the, on the indies. <laughs> And I remember one time hearing about a match with her and Killer Cross, I want to say, or no, he was uh, Cross. Uh, either Killer, Killer Cross or see other. No, she was a, no she, uh, oh Brian. Cage? Oh Brian Cage. It was Brian right. Cage who's jacked. And so I, I saw Tully. I was talking to Tully, and I said, Tully is the first Starcast. I said, What do you think about Tessa doing matches with like this, you know, these jacked guys and in intergender matches? Like I can't stand it. I hate it. She knows I hate it. And, 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 but, but, you know, she's going to do her own thing. And that's cool. I respect that. But I, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. So well, think, think about this. it's funny. It's funny. It's funny that like two years later, she's, <laughs> she's, the, she's the world heavyweight champion, the first yeah. woman to be to win a world, a, a world heavyweight championship. So, you know, it's funny. I wonder if Tully has changed his mind at all. Well, the thing is, just imagine if Tully back in the day, if him and his daughter, we're wrestling together and in the locker room, and his daughter had to go out there and wrestle Nikita Koloff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think thinking about that, how ridiculous that would be, right? You know, Tully, you know, Tully, you're, Tully, you're wrestling Taya Valkyrie, and your daughter's wrestling Nikita Koloff. As opposed, like the, it's like it's like the it's like the Booker's like uh like schizophrenic or something, right? It's like I think he's got I think he got the names wrong here, you know. But uh, hey, hey, tell tell me if you agree with me on this. I think you probably do. My favorite professional wrestling sports entertainment. Uh, episode of the probably the last five years uh, was the uh, impact uh, takeoff on the territory right. days. Yeah, I still have that on DVR and I still watch it. Uh, not it's fun. Like I said, it's funny. They're, they're, that's the type of stuff they're doing. They're doing all the outside the box stuff that like the people that are on the major networks don't want to do because they're scared. Yeah, but they it's like, we're going to do them, it. but we're going to do them because it's entertaining. You know, we got no even a smaller audience. So that, that, yeah. that's the way I look at their show when, when they do that stuff. I'm like, it's kind of silly, but like, but the guys are, the thing is the crew there is, are good performers. You're calling They got a lot silly? of guys that cut good promos. They do good vignettes. They do, you know, they're, they're good in the, the backstage vignettes and stuff. They're, they're, you know, so it comes across as like as good performances, but it's like, if you're trying to get new fans to watch your show and they're watching that, they're going like, it's kind of looks kind of weird. I don't know if this is like my kind of wrestling show, you know, but I love the throw. I love the throwback to the territories though. That's, that's, I did uh, too, yeah. and I watched, I sat through it and I watched it. I was texting with Scott Demore. I was trying to get his character on, like to do a 10 minute cameo, the character of the promoter, uh, to do, uh, uh, I forget what his name was, something senior, but to, to come on the podcast and do like in character, a 10 minute cameo, but he was so busy, uh, you know, getting TV and all that together. He couldn't do it. But, um, yeah, I love that. And I, I put it over like a million bucks. I figured you would too. Hey, um, I know you live, I think he still lives there. Does Vampiro still live in Vegas? I don't know. I haven't seen him. I was going to ask you if you see, him. I know you guys talk about him on keeping it a hundred and, and 100. cause, uh, 
You know, there's always a Vampiro story. I don't know if you saw today, uh, probably not, but I saw that he did a, uh, a video that's on Twitter where he challenged uh, Chris Jericho to a match and, you know, started calling him, you know, uh, a P, the P word and the, the uh, calling him a little bitch. And, Are you serious? Yeah. I was just wondering your take on that. Are you going to find is it, on, is it on YouTube? I, I just saw it on uh, somebody uh, reposted it on Twitter. I saw it like right before I came in. Uh, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, no, he, start, I'm, he I'm started. I'm going to entertain group text. They're going to love it. They're going to see this. He started off by doing his normal, like he did with Conan. He even mentioned Conan, which is like, you know, I'm a brother in wrestling. And, you know, if, if, if Chris Jericho was ever in a fight in a bar, I'd have his back. Same with Conan. But he said, you know, you're going to call me. And I don't remember Chris calling him out on social media. Actually, when he was, when Chris was on my podcast, he actually had really good things to say about him in Mexico, put him over. But he said, he must have put something on social media. He said, you're going to call me out on social media, you little bitch. Then get Tony Khan to, uh, to give me a call. He knows who I am because he was a mark for WCW like they all were. And, uh, yeah, that's it. And, uh, Jerry, my, uh, my boss is going to send it to you. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it says have him text me. Yeah, text. yeah, text. Cool. And um, so I, I just, I, I did. I wanted your opinion on it because you think it's just him looking for uh, two more minutes of fame and a payday, or uh, or just being Vampiro. <laughs> Both, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think you know. I, and you, you and, can I like Va- and I like Vampiro, but I, mean, I like Vam too. Vampiro I, I just would... it, it, he doesn't. Here's the thing about Vampiro that drives me nuts. His his legitimate story is mm-hmm. is is amazing, right? But why do you have to make it more? Why you know? Why do you have to, what if to embellish it? Embellish it. <laughs> yeah, you have a story that I mean, you know, I know for a fact because Chris said it. And Norman Smiley used to tell me back in the day when he would come back from Mexico because he was a local South Florida guy about this guy named Vampiro who came from Canada and who was over like a million bucks and was selling out and. Women were like, you know, you could have got any woman in the world. And, and, and so I know that that's true. But, you know, he seems to have to embellish what is already a pretty amazing story. And I, I love the guy, but I just wish you would tell a story. Uh, and because and, the story is enough, you know, in my opinion. But I thought I'd tell you about the Chris Jericho challenge. I thought you'd get a point. Hey, as we wrap this up, and it was an interesting conversation, man. Um, uh, any WrestleMania predictions? I don't even know who's on the card. No, I, I don't, they haven't announced it. I'm just saying. Uh, I know. You, I know you don't watch the shows, but I know you pay attention. Any uh, any uh, predictions as to what 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 you think uh, may be the main events? I know they got Brock in the Royal Rumble. I don't know where they're going with that uh, because usually the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to pick who they who they want to face for the world title in the main event. Um, any predictions off the top of your head? Uh, I have no idea. Not to put you on the spot. Um, Maybe Brock versus Tyson Fury. Uh, maybe I, I thought they would go with uh, 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 who's the of uh, Kane Velasquez, but they gave that match away in Saudi Arabia, which I still don't understand. Yeah, they and everybody was saying, oh, they could do a rematch, but I, from what I understand, they're not doing that at WrestleMania. So I don't understand why they brought him in and paid him big money. I mean, I, I know they make a lot of money in Saudi Arabia, and, and it's a, it's a, a you know, and and so they're trying to please. A uh, certain audience yeah, down there, I <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, maybe Rollins and Joe is is an angle they're going to or towards. I like you know um, the Fiend to get who's the Fiend going to work against? 
I don't, you know, I don't really get to watch. I, 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 I right, fast I forward know. through I Raw, know. but I don't really get to watch SmackDown. Yeah. Jerry, you watch I, SmackDown. I want to talk, talk about one thing real quick before we go. All right. I was. I'm also going to predict. Just I want to predict. Just to, just so I can say I was right or wrong. I'm going to predict Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, hair versus mask. It's not a bad idea. I want to know who's going to – well, mask. Well, no. We know who's going to win that. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know what Andrade needs to do then? Ray wants to put his mask up. Andrade would say, oh, I've never seen you without the mask. Why don't you put your kid's hair up? Maybe. That would be a good angle. Hair Maybe. versus hair with his kid's hair up on the That's line. That's true because, yeah. well, in WWE version of professional wrestling, nobody's ever seen Rey Mysterio without the mask. But, right, exactly. So, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it, depends if they, if, it depends if they stick to their to their uh, story or if they tell the real story because because uh, he obviously in WCW the last couple of years did not wear masks. Go ahead. Say your piece, Disco. That's why we have you on. Well, it's just, well, just funny because, like, you know, uh, do, you really listen to, do you listen to Arn's podcast at all? I try to. Okay. He told the story about beating you up. Oh, then what's that saying? Because he told it, and then, then, then it's funny because they played it on our show. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with that story at all. He's got the right version. It's like I was being a dick. And he's like, he's like but, but, but this, bro, nobody, like, you probably, more than anybody in this business, have been more privy to, to, to me and our, because you know, how, how often would it be me, you, and Arn driving? Just the three not, of us. Uh, not very often after the uh, whole Steve Austin t shirt stuff, which drove him crazy. <laughs> But we used to spend. We used to, we used to hit the road, you know. Yeah, yeah. All that, you know, yeah. So it's like, so but people don't understand. It's like everything's like you know they hear that story and they just think like, oh my god, Arn hated me. It's like no, Arn didn't like Arn loved to hate me because like he like drive. You know, we we would drive. You know, me or you so would, would drive around everything. But we he would just we would just love to argue. Like and you were like, bro. Like I, I keep telling, like David Penzer, I tell everybody, David Penzer was front row and center of some of our funniest arguments, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody laugh more than David Penzer would laugh. No, I never <laughs> laughed more in my life than the and, and I think we were in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know exactly Somewhere what city. Yeah, like driving around Washington yeah. like State or something. And, like that. And, and, and beautiful mountains and country. And, 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 and he cut you. Scenery. He cut <laughs> you a promo up and down because you told him like Steve Austin made like. Five million dollars off million his, a year yeah, the, off his T-shirt yeah. sales, and he just—I mean, this went on and on and on, and <laughs> and 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 you stuck to your story. And right. You were actually—you were right. That's the right. funny part. Right. You were actually <laughs> right, but nobody right. knew it. Nobody knew at the time because those right. those kind of numbers didn't come up. But in hindsight, you were right. But Arn right. would not believe that he called you a mark. He's—I mean, at, I you told, can't, and I told him he was ignorant to the situation because <laughs> you're calling me ignorant, and he lost so his fucking mind. When you called him ignorant to the situation, were, were I want to I want to hear him tell that story on his podcast. I want to get him on my podcast. But he wants to, yeah, just tell us right. He, he wants to get his feet. He wants to get his feet wet doing wet doing his, and he right. eventually will come on mine. But he wants right. to get his feet wet doing his first. But which, how which about I the time? How about the time? Were you in the car when we went? When we went to Mc, uh, we were in Orlando and went to McDonald's at like three o'clock in the morning to get food, and me and Arn, you were arguing about something. And were you in the car when he slammed his fist on the dashboard? He was just so pissed at me, and he broke his watch. And he said, "God damn it, Disco! You you broke my watch." I was there. I was a little bit foggy at three a.m. Let's put it right. that way. But but yeah, I was. Bro, I was there. Those are fun times. Me and Art arguing in the front seat, and you in the back just. Could not stop laughing. I actually think like Arn was driving, and I can't he figure out driving. why. Yeah, he might have been driving. Yeah, he, when, when in the whole Steve Austin no, no. stuff, but the Steve Austin one, I think I was driving, and the broken watch. 
no, no. He was driving the Steve Austin one. Yeah. I was driving the broken watch because he was in the passenger seat, smashes the thing on the dashboard. I just can't so, figure. I, I'm, I go back and try to figure out why Arn Anderson was driving with me and you in the car. You know, you'd think well, he'd say Penzer we or, like or the, Disco. We were kind of the, we were the new green guys. Kind of. I was yeah. like, it was just my first year in the company. I drive Arn. Plus, I liked Arn. You know, he was just, he was a fun, he, bro. You gotta, you know, me and Arn would tell great stories. You know, it was one of the greatest storytellers in the history of wrestling. You know, so like that, that was always fun. But like, yeah, it was, that's well. That was somebody better. somebody said on on Twitter uh, the best promo. I think it was Bruce Mitchell. The best promo cut in 2019 was Arn Anderson uh, from his home against the comedian on television. I forget the guy's name that he cut the promo. Uh, I did. Tosh. Tosh. Right. Oh, Tosh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and it was it was. I I still think that um. That dust that uh, Cody and and Jericho have done better promos on AEW, which is one of the reasons we didn't even talk about. I love AEW because of the non scripted promos. Uh, but, but, but this, this, that to me is just like so. Uh, promoting non scripted promos to to wrestling audience. That's just a weird. Well, I don't <laughs> so, know, you know that they promote it. I just we're in the side where the, the curtains already pulled back. But I just yeah. it's not like that. Here's my like one of my pet peeves. That's one of the pet peeves, and I can't stand strong style. It's like, what is strong style? Like, what do you, what do you promote a strong style? Like, just like the style. We know it's like it's the style. We know the style of wrestling is a work, but this style is a strong style. It's like I don't know. I just I just don't. I don't like that where you're openly you're openly advertising that your shit's a work. You know what I'm saying? Which is I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. You know. I don't know. I, I don't. I, but but I I. Talk, we're, we're talking. My point was that Arn Anderson in 2019 is still gold on, oh, the, yeah. on, the, on and then his podcast is entertaining as hell to listen to. Just and, like just like being in the car with him. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I listen to it sometimes. I hear him telling the story. Just like I listen, sometimes I listen on YouTube to some of Nash's stories. that I'll tell you, you know, because it just reminds me. I've just been in the room with these guys. Well, Nash is one of the yeah, funniest so, guys too. But yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, he does. I try to get him to come on my podcast and he's like, I have no interest. And I know Kevin, if he has no interest, he's not going to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, You know, if if he says I have no interest and it's not even worth it. Uh, Now, he said, I'll come on and talk politics. And I'm like, I can't. I don't talk politics. Do this. If you tell him that you'll be uh, you'll bring him like tell him you'll go to his house. Bring up and a bottle bring, of wine. Bring a sixty dollar bottle, like a sixty dollar cab. I like that high rating. I said, "Hey, can we talk wrestling for? for can we do? Can we do twenty minutes of wrestling talking?" I guarantee he'll do. And it. he said so, that he looked at me, said, "Penzer, I do it, but I don't want to talk wrestling." I'm like, "You're yeah. like the funniest guy in the world. Maybe save Arn Anderson talking wrestling. How yeah. do you not want to talk wrestling?" He's like, "I'm bored of it." I'm right. like, "Oh, geez." Well, he's like me, kind of. I like to talk. And that's the thing. I'd, I'd like to talk more politics on the show, but it alienates the, the fans. Can't stand it. They just can't. The, the, the fans can't stand discussion. You know, like if you're if you say anything good about Trump, sometimes these fans will just they won't listen to you anymore. It's like, all right, whatever. So it's like I, I try to keep it at a minimum now. So I'm touching that. I'm touching that line less than I'm touching the Jeffrey Epstein line. Quite frankly, <laughs> hey. Um. Uh. So yeah. So uh, no Jericho cruise this year, huh? No, you, I get you it. Got, well, you, plus two is you burned them once, might, and and then well, that was it, it, huh? This is our busiest. The, the January is our busiest month of work. I can't take off, so it's like I, I work six days a week because it's like slammed every day. What do you uh, actually do? Are you a, a bouncer? No, I, I I sit in the I'm in the back of the club where where the uh, where the girls clock in, and I I hire I hire the girls. I got like my own little area back there. I'm like by myself, and I work with another guy on the weekends because we're busy. But uh, and we set up the rides. Limo rides for VIP guests. 
So it's like I don't I don't do I, I've never I don't even wear everybody wears shirt coat and tie I don't even wear a coat and tie I just wear a button down shirt and slacks so it's like I just got my own thing going back there they just kind of leave me alone but it's funny too because I do a thing I'll tell you this uh, you, know, you can catch me on, on at the real disco on Twitter at disco master gg on Instagram and Snapchat uh, lions tigers bears and disco on the Russo brand it drops Friday on um the Realm Network and uh, do keeping one hundred with Conan it's another podcast I do that drops on MLW Radio on Thursday morning. And if you if you want to come to the world famous gentlemen's club that work at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, if you dial 702-303-3430 and mention my name, we'll send you a limo to come pick you up, get you in for free, and get you a free drink. It's a savings about ninety dollars per person. Because if you come in a cab or a limo, you're gonna pay fifty dollars to cover the door and you're gonna pay for your own drink. Um, You've mentioned that before, and if right. I'm next time I'm in Vegas and I've said this before, I'm, I'm not a big strip club fan, but I, I'm coming just for the free drink. You know come me. In, and if you come during football season, we're, <laughs> we're the best place in town to watch football games. We have like dollar lap dances at halftime and buffet and everything, all that. So, but uh, but I want to tell you this is if you not do that I don't like looking at a woman, a, a pretty woman. It's right. just it's not my thing, you know. <laughs> right. Not but my thing you, uh, to like you know pay money to do that. If you do come to the club, it's funny because we do a little protocol thing like Conan does on the show. But uh, I always tell people to uh, to introduce themselves with a compliment, compliment, then a question. Um, never, no, never any direct eye contact. And if you give me a twenty dollars handshake, I'll either buy you another drink or get you free, get your picture with me. So, like, I got all these great amenities. I get. <laughs> hey, how'd you do? In, I know you're a, a gambler. How'd you do in fantasy football this year? Uh, terror. No, not not terror. I what? I went from uh because my my kicker and my defense were the worst in the league for like the first seven eight weeks of the season. I, I and uh Devontae Adams got hurt. I was in last place after like eight weeks and my guys started getting healthy. I made some deals and got me and finished in fourth, which is out of the money, but it was like a huge comeback. You know, my team was like the hottest team. Well, but I, I lost, if you lose your league, you lose between seven and 800 bucks, right? Because we do a weekly pot where you pay, you pay behind the winner. So if you lose seven to 800 bucks, but I had a heads up with a guy, my arch rival in the league for 500. So I beat him, and I beat him like six out of the past seven years. So it's like I've only lost. It wouldn't have lost. I've only lost a couple hundred bucks, but instead of like eight hundred, but you know. I had Lamar and uh, and the new oh. and the Patriots defense in both of my leagues. So uh, I did. I did. I uh, won both of my leagues. So yeah, one guy. One guy had um, the top three teams in the league. Just take a wild guess who's on the team. You know, one guy had McCaffrey and and Godwin. I had McCaffrey and Lamar and Lamar. Okay, McCaffrey and Lamar. Yes, he ran. Okay, and one Nick guy, Chubb. It's only an eighteen oh. league. And, and, Nick Chubb, the, and Julian and, Edelman. And in our league, so the guy that had Lamar had Chubb. Okay. The guy that the guy that came in first had Godwin and McCaffrey. And the guy that came in third had like Derrick Henry and uh another stud running back. You know, my best player is Ingram. And I had I had Dak and Russell Wilson. And when I was making my comeback, they were like super hot. So I could play like one or the other. And I was playing the right guy. But like the last three, four weeks, it kind of faded. Yeah. You know, like Russell Wilson had a, some bad some bad games up, but you know, Ten- you know, Tanay gave up fantasy football. Did he really? I, bro, Tanay's been off the map. I haven't, I haven't, he doesn't. We, we, te- we texted around the holidays and, uh, but I, I, I asked him for, I said, Hey, since we're, uh, since you're back on the, the, at least my radar, I said, I could use some fantasy advice for my championship game. He's like, I don't play fantasy anymore. I just do the regular betting. Yeah. So I was interesting. Anyway. So, uh, but, but love Mike Tanay. He's on the top. Uh, uh, if he, if anybody's listening to this, that talks to Mike, He's on like the top one or two people that I want. Arn and Mike Tanay on the podcast probably be my, uh, my, now that I got Jericho on. Hey, Disco, Glenn, thanks a lot. And, um, 
Uh, folks, if you're ever in uh, Vegas, hey, like I said, just go for the limo ride and the drink if strip club's not your thing. And uh, and and always interesting to hear your thoughts and um, and on the on the business. And uh, uh, yeah, I hope AEW. You know, I, I really I'm rooting for them because there's there's some somebody new and they got some money behind them and some some names and I love the the promos that they do. But uh, I just I really hope they start doing some character development because. Uh, uh, I think it could take them a lot farther than they already than they already are. Yeah, and, uh, I mean that that's what's interesting. We all agree that's the most important stuff. You got to care yeah. about the guys you're watching, and if you're not, you just you know nobody's going to watch you guys wrestle because, like you said, there's seven different wrestling shows on TV. You can watch wrestling anytime. I want to see characters. Yeah, you know, so call me crazy. I actually like yeah. the dinosaur guy. He's one of my favorite guys. I didn't like him talking though. He sounds like, a, heard, sounds like kind of a regular guy when he talks. Oh, I haven't that's heard him talk. I, he shouldn't talk. That's the thing. No, he I, shouldn't I like talk. Right, right, yeah, but he did talk. He could work. He could work for a big guy. He could. Yeah. I mean, he's good and it's yeah. interesting. And I, I never would in a million years would have thought I'd have said that six months ago. But he's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. I could see. Hey, hey, and if if he was in Impact Wrestling, he'd be the world champion going up against Tessa next week. Yeah, interesting, right? All right, man. Bye. Thanks for thanks for stopping by, Glenn. I appreciate it. Best to you, and um, and uh, hopefully one of these days uh, you come into Tampa for uh, WrestleCon or anything like that. I don't know. I I, I think I might, I might be. Uh, some guy called me up about a month ago and asked me if I wanted to, to, to go have a booth with him. And I'm like, sure, yeah. So they they hadn't gone back to me. But it's still still what, three months away. So yeah. we'll check it out. All, right. All right. Well, if we if you're down here, uh, we'll definitely have to. Get oh, for together. sure, we'll go. You definitely go out and get get a beer somewhere. Whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether you agree with him or you strongly disagree with him, it's always interesting to have, as I said earlier, the musings and wisdom of the Disco Inferno Glenn Gilberti. And look, it's his take. And he's allowed to have a take and he's allowed to have an opinion. And I disagree with some of it. I agree with some of it. And I'm sure you do too. But it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting to get his take. And he's very open about it, which is why we like to have him on periodically because uh, there's not a lot of guys who will talk open about their feelings because they're afraid of being canceled, so to speak. So uh, Glenn was canceled a long time ago, <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about that. I'm just kidding, Glenn. But hey, if you're ever in uh, you're ever in Vegas, hit him up for the limo and the, forget the strip club, hit him up for the limo and the free drink. We have planned and are hoping to get next week the one and only Harry Smith, son of Davey Boy Smith, Davey Boy Smith Jr. in some circles. And uh uh, interesting to hear him tell his story so we're hoping that all works out look forward to bringing that to you if possible and i hope you enjoy it and any feedback on the disco interview any feedback on the bill dundee interview you can follow me on twitter it's the first time i've said that in the whole podcast jerry at david penzer all one word at penzer ringside follow us on twitter if you like what you hear please subscribe leave a review if you can and we thank you for your support my name is David Penzer, still City Ringside. We will see you next week. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Hey, gang, Jerry P. Tuck here, co-host of A Place for My Head. Each week, Brandon Thompson and I are going to be talking about the importance of mental health. We're going to be talking everything from stress, anxiety, different mental illnesses, different chronic illnesses, and frankly, the rigors of everyday life and how we all struggle to get through it. 
We're not medical professionals, but we are looking to start that conversation that needs to be had about the stigma around mental illness and how it affects us every single day. We'll talk to experts, but at the end of the day, a place for my head is all about real people with real stories about real life. Check out A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and myself, Jerry P. Tuck, each week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.